0: RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today we're talking about having a healthy mind for happy running. So we're going to be talking about what may be driving negative mind mood symptoms and what nutrients you can include in your food plan to promote a positive mood and mindset for running and also for everyday life. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance, and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen. And as always, we're going to share something personal with you about our nutritional running before we move on to discuss our topic for today, which is focusing on having a healthy mind for runners to support happy running because that's very important. Um, So, Karen, um, you know, we're we're back from, we've been back from Spain for a little while now, but while we were there, uh, we were really enjoying lots of healthy salads, and we decided to challenge each other to complete a sort of a a salad challenge at lunchtime, and we decided that we would both um, make a lovely salad each day, and we'd share a photograph of it with each other, because we sort of got a bit lazy, and we realised when we were away in Spain that Um, we really enjoyed making lovely food and we could do that in a quick way at lunchtime and so that might be something that you fancy doing yourselves if you're listening and uh, if you would like to to join us in a salad challenge let us know and uh, maybe something that we could set up for us all to enjoy so it really made us think outside of the box about uh, what to put in a salad and also the other aspect of it was particularly when we were away in Spain we were presenting the food really beautifully and admiring it weren't we Karen Mm Awesome. So, uh, so that's uh, what we. Th- I thought we'd talk about as I started today, Karen. So, uh, what, what, was, what's been your favourite salad that you've created in the last few weeks?
1: Oh gosh! Well, hi everybody. Um, great to be back again. Well, I have to say, in what kind of in springtime now and and therefore moving into asparagus time. um, It's sort of May, June time is the height of um, asparagus, but we are moving into that time. And um, so it has to be an asparagus salad for me because it's my favourite vegetable. And it's a shame that it's only around for a short period of time during the year. But uh, because of that, I do eat a lot of it when it when it is around. Um, So yeah, definitely an asparagus salad for me, Um, generally a raw salad, um, but on occasion I might blanch the the, um, asparagus first. And um, a salad that I make that is really easy is um, slices of asparagus stems um, and slice them really thinly, especially if I'm using them raw. And uh, I place them on a platter and then I'll chop a few cherry tomatoes into quarters and just Place that on top. Then I'll sprinkle with a few little chili flakes and black pepper for flavor. And then on top of that, I'll put some um, dry roasted pine nuts and some rocket or maybe lamb's lettuce. And I have to say, it's really colorful, speaking about color. And um, I do try and present it as beautifully as I can. And um, and and what I'll then do is just add a little bit of either apple cider vinegar or lemon juice just to kind of bring out all the flavours that are in the salad. So really easy to make, but really tasty and makes a great side dish um, with, a, with a protein source. So how about you, Aileen? What, what would be your favourite salad, either from the challenge we've done or just your overall favourite salad?
0: Yeah, um, well, my favourite at the moment, and I do tend to my favourites change from time to time, like a bit like you, a bit seasonal, although this one is often one that I have in the winter, but I've sort of rediscovered it and I'm enjoying it at the moment. And it's um, kale and avocado salad. And what I usually do is add some chopped sun-dried tomatoes and some almonds for a bit of crunch and, and also bit of protein there. Um so it's a dead easy salad to do. Um you you basically tear the kale up. So you tear the leaves up into any size that you want really, but you remove that hard stalk that's um, you know, in the kale. And then uh, you put it in a bowl, you sprinkle some olive oil and lemon juice on, and then you just massage the, the leaves with your fingers. And that seems to like tenderise the kale so it makes it a little bit easier to eat because it's quite chewy kale um, you might want to chop it up finer than that if you if you wanted to I mean I sometimes I'll do it in the um, the food processor to make it more of a, a sort of a crumbly mix rather than the, the leaves um, I do the same with the olive oil and the, the lemon juice and then I'll add in some uh, chopped up or slices of avocado and then the sun-dried tomatoes and almonds and it's it's I find it a really filling, satisfying salad. So it's really great for a main meal. And um, it's good in winter because you can get kale in winter. But having said that, I'm eating it this time of year and I'm thoroughly enjoying it too. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. that's my favourite at the moment.
1: That sounds really nice. And again, really colourful as well.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, the kale is very good for those... um, What am I thinking? Phytoestrogens, so um, it's good from that point of view too. So today we're going to talk about um, a healthy mind for happy running, and um, it's not a topic that we've ever discussed on the podcast before. So um, I think this is going to be an interesting one. But you know, a lot of us know that we we run and it clears our mind and it it makes us helps us de-stress, and there's a lot of evidence showing that nutrition plays a huge role in developing and altering uh, brain function. And some studies have also concluded that nutritional imbalances can impact on mood and neurological function. So today we're going to consider our usual three questions. So the questions today are, we're going to look at outlining some of the mind mood symptoms that runners may experience and why. And, and I think when we talk about runners, we're just really talking about the general population who happen to be runners when we're talking about this. Uh, we're also going to discuss foods and nutrients that may induce negative um mind and mood symptoms or indeed promote positive mind and mood symptoms um, in runners and also just to round up we'll create a one-day meal plan um, just as an example so that people can consider um, foods and meal choices for a healthy mind and for happy running so uh, Karen we're we're thinking about the common mind mood symptoms experienced by runners what would you say uh, they are
1: Well, as as we know, and um, you kind of suggested um, in your intro there, Aileen, is that moderate running is is really generally associated with positive mood and mindset. You know, I think probably most of us as runners will have heard of the runner's high, and that is thought to be due to the release of endorphins. Now, endorphins are the body's natural painkillers, and they tend to be released by the hypothalamus and the pituitary glands in the brain in response to pain or to stress. And and they're released to relieve the pain and create a general feeling of of well-being. So moderate running is generally associated with those positive um, outcomes.
0: Yeah, I guess people aren't thinking about endorphins as being natural painkillers. They're just thinking about the the feel good. Um, the, The name of these hormones actually comes from the term endogenous morphine. And endogenous, that's because it's produced in our bodies. And the morphine referring to the opioid painkillers that these actions mimic. And there's actually around 20 different types of endorphins. Um, the most studied wa- studied is uh, one called beta or beta endorphin, and that's the one that's associated with runner's high. Um, so I just thought I'd share that, Karen, because I know we all like a factoid in these uh, these episodes, don't we?
1: Yeah, we certainly do, Aileen, absolutely. And and I think, you know, most people like a, a, a factoid, and, and, and also they can help with the understanding of the how and why names are, names are coined. So, you know, factoids can always be useful as well. Anyway, as I was um, saying, moderate exercise is generally associated with positive mental health and um, and studies suggest that it's most helpful really at reducing depression and anxiety. But other positive outcomes that um, moderate exercise is associated with include the likes of better emotional well-being, better self-image, also better self-confidence and people tend to have less anger, less aggression um, if they're if they're carrying out moderate exercise, and just feel happier generally um, overall. So, really, lots of positive reasons to run. Um, however, I have to say there is a flip side to this, and um, and running predominantly long distance or intense running has been shown to impact mind and mood negatively. Now symptoms induced by um long distance running so these negative symptoms psychological symptoms um induced by long distance running could um include the likes of anxiety depression, poor motivation um, for running or just generally, also addictive behaviour. And, and that's negative addiction rather than the positive, because then you can get to a certain extent a positive addiction to, to, to health and well-being. But, but it can overstep that and become a negative addiction. And also that there's an association with um, disordered eating, potentially moving into eating disorders, uh, mood swings and also obsessive behaviour. So, you know, there are potential negative um, psychological effects of of um, intense and endurance
0: running. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing to be aware of. Um, so, what what's the the reasons behind this uh, the negative psychological effects, and why do they occur?
1: Well, it is thought that one of the key influences or drivers of the negative psychological effects is the immune system, and I'm thinking here particularly of inflammation. Um, and another potential driver is thought to be the the much Microbiome, which, as we know, um, forms a large part of the immune system. So the immune system as a whole seems to be that that key driver. And and as we also know, um, endurance running uh, um, can um, have a large impact on the microbiome through those you know we've spoken a lot about digestive issues in the microbiome and that digestive distress for runners um, and the immune system as a whole really and um, and, and it is thought um, in in the studies that I I read that inflammation um, can alter mood can alter energy, sleep cognition, motivation so so many ways it can affect us emotionally and psychologically. Now the mechanism of action between inflammation and uh, my mood symptoms is thought to be through um, the influence of cytokines. Now, these cytokines are internal internal chemicals that influence cell signaling and communication. And these um, These cytokines influence the likes of um, neurotransmitters, so the brain hormones, including serotonin, our feel-good hormone, and dopamine. And dopamine um, influences uh, mood, motivation, and feelings of reward. So this inflammation um, and the cytokines um, produced due to that has um, an influence on those neuro- neurotransmitters and the HPA axis so that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis therefore affecting our cortisol levels and as we know cortisol is um, our our key stress hormone and when it is chronically um, increased then that can have an effect on the immune system and can lead to additional inflammation as well. Um, but these cytokines can also affect brain structure and also um, can activate um, the microglial in the brain. So the microglia are being are the, the primary immune cells of the central nervous system. So, so inflammation can have a huge effect on us um, psychologically through these inflammatory cytokines.
0: Yeah, that's um again sort of like you're thinking running is a positive thing, but you're creating an inflammatory
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: state. and um, as you, you said there, Karen, the inflammation triggers the activation of the microglia and um, that subsequently releases those pro-inflammatory cytokines that you mentioned. Um and it's the cytokines, these chemical messengers that are inducing the depressive symptoms or potentially inducing depressive symptoms, and, and that's by altering the production metabolism and transport of neurotransmitters that can affect the mood um, feelings and um, those neurotransmitters that you mentioned would be um, such as dopamine and, and the serotonin um, so yeah you can see how it's all connected here as well and, and particularly when you said earlier about the the gut influence as well Karen because we know that the um you know a lot of the serotonin that's produced is produced in the gut too so
1: exactly and it really highlights that gut brain access doesn't mm-hmm. it how the gut affects the brain and the brain affects the gut so um and and i think also what we've said so far highlights um how inflammation could be a key driver of these um potential negative mind mood symptoms um experienced following um mm mm-hmm. Um, endurance, intense, long-distance running. Now, I'm not saying one, one long-distance run is going to to um, lead to this, but over time, if it becomes chronic, uh, you know, that's chronic long-distance, then you could have chronic inflammation, which could potentially lead to these, um, these symptoms. Now, before we move on, I just wanted to quickly mention the influence of poor sleep as well on mind-mood symptoms of runners. Now, we do dedicate a, a whole episode to this subject, um, episode 50, Eat, Sleep, Run. So you might want to go back and and listen to this episode again, just to to, to, to learn more about the influence of of sleep and mind mood symptoms. Anyway, a, a, a recent paper I was reading really highlighted the influence of poor sleep on tiredness and fatigue which um, was thought to to then cause changes in mood and lack of motivation in 75% of the subjects that were involved in the study and then low spirit and and just general lack of vitality was felt by 50% of the of the subjects so really high numbers were, were experiencing sort of psychological mind mood symptoms which I thought was really interesting and in addition to that more than half of the subjects um, reported diminished concentration and also memory difficulties so just again worth bearing in mind but there are um, other studies several other studies um, actually that have reported that fatigue actually caused by physical training um, translates into worsened uh, sports performance, which I think we know and we've spoken about um, many, many times. And this impaired performance and the study was thought to be associated not only with the, the physical and muscular fatigue, which we speak a lot about, but also the mental fatigue as well. So, you know, there's it's, it's a huge influence that the, the mind and and poor sleep and fatigue and the effect it can have on, on our minds.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, sleep is very, very important. And mm. um, what you're really saying there, Karen, is that poor sleep coupled with um, endurance exercise could lead to both physical and mental fatigue, which results in poor performance and the mind mood symptoms, such as the ones we've discussed. And I'm sort of like just Thinking. It's not a topic that's discussed a lot because we always think that running makes you happy, doesn't it? Yes. And, and so I wonder, you know, if, if there are people out there that are experiencing these uh, sort of kind of mind mood symptoms and well, haven't made the connection
1: exactly I was just going to say that alien they might be but they're not putting it down to or, or or the fact that they're running and the training could be part of the picture I'm not saying it's the whole picture but maybe it's part of the picture of of why they're experiencing these mind mood symptoms
0: yeah so it's all about not necessarily giving up your running, but running in a smarter way so that it's enhancing your health rather than holding you in a position where you're not actually uh, getting the best out of it, I would say. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it might be something also that you're not aware of, but maybe your partner or your friends might have noticed that there's a change in you and uh, being open to get Mm -hmm. feedback from them might be helpful absolutely
1: and being able to receive it as well that feedback
0: yeah yeah Yeah, because we don't like being told do we okay yeah,
1: just to finish up on what you were saying and i think it's really important to remember that poor sleep and and fatigue can increase or could increase the risk of illness and injury in runners and this again is triggered by inflammation so everything that we're speaking about is 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 interlinked and as we know the whole body
0: is is interlinked so all the different systems are interlinked Okay, that's um, that's a good thought to remember. Um, mm-hmm. But just before um, we move on to discuss how nutrition fits into all this scenario of the mind, mood, symptoms in runners, could we focus, Karen, on any female factors? Is there anything that, as women, we need to consider?
1: Yeah, I think there are a couple of things that are worth mentioning. Um, You know, it it, it has been found that the strain of mental health um, and behavioural disorders inside this as well, but we're looking at the mental health aspect, is estimated to account for more years of lived disability than any other chronic ailment. So people can live a long time with chronic illnesses, can't they? But it's thought that mental health issues, um, actually, account for more years of of lived disability than other chronic ailments, and the global proportion of um, disability adjusted life years caused by mental health health ill health has increased from in males from 12.7% to 14% and in females from 13.6% to 14.4%. Now this data was gathered over a period of time 10 years from 2007 to 2017 and they saw that increase both in males and and females so so what it shows is that it has increased in both however it would appear that women are at increased risk of developing mental health issues besides men. So I think that's worth bearing in mind. And then also there's this, I spoke earlier about obsessive um, behaviours and things, and there's what 's known as female obligatory runners and they 're known as as obsessive runners and and what they mean by this obligatory or, or um, obsessive runners is that they're so obsessive that they sacrifice commitments and relationships for their running and 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 the, and if they aren't able to run they actually suffer withdrawal symptoms so it's quite an extreme obsessiveness and it's known as um, obligatory running. And it's thought that female obligatory runners are most at risk of um, eating pathophysiology, so eating issues, rather than their male counterparts who are maybe also obsessive or um, non-obsessive runners. So, again, females are at increased, at increased risk. But also what's interesting is that um, commitment to running, thinking of it from an addictive point of view. So, so this commitment um, to running can occur without addiction in female runners, but not in males. So for whatever reason, males are, are more at risk of um, becoming addicted to it than, than females so i thought they were quite interesting um, pieces of information regarding males versus
0: females yeah it's not a term i've ever heard of uh, obligatory runners no. um, but no. it's it's interesting to mm. know that you know that's been observed and labeled um, yeah. you know we all know some people who are obsessive um mm. and uh, yeah that's very interesting the other thing that i was thinking about when you were talking about the how the um, Mental health has or mental ill health has increased um, mm. during that decade. I guess it will, it, that's going to be a trajectory upwards, isn't it? You know, I think mainly because people are talking much more about mental health mm-hmm. and maybe it'll be wi- more widely reported in the decade from 2017 onwards and also you know because of the pandemic and the challenges that we're all facing in the world now I think that that's only going to increase. Absolutely
1: I would totally agree with you there um, Aileen I think there'll be another jump in the next 10 years when they hopefully will have a have a review of those statistics again.
0: Okay. So just to summarize before we move on, uh, what we've established so far is that moderate exercise may be supportive of a positive mood and general vitality for life. However, intense and prolonged exercise, and here we are talking about running, may result in negative emotions and cognition, which could affect running performance. Now, that's a very generic um, description and generic information, and it will be different for each person and not everyone will experience these negative psychological symptoms from endurance uh, exercise but I think it's really interesting to be aware of it for everybody. Um, So now let's move on and talk about food and nutrition and how what we eat may be a risk factor for low mood or emotions or or poor cognition in runners. So if we start with the negatives first Karen and then we'll move on to uh, some positives later on. So what would you say to uh to that
1: yeah, regarding those potential negative um, psychological symptoms that people might experience, several studies have investigated this food and mood and um, and it is something that we've discussed often too. Um, now, there does appear to be a close link between the common Western diet that we've all heard of um, and poor cognitive function. Now, the Western diet is is one that is generally associated with a high intake of of energy so so calories also high intake of processed foods of the refined carbohydrates the saturated and trans fats, so that's the non-healthy fats, and also artificial sweeteners. So many products have artificial sweeteners um, in them. So there's an increased intake in those types of foods, but with a lower intake of pre and probiotic foods, which are going to support the the microbiome, Um, low fiber intake, low fruit and vegetable intake, also low intake of the essential fatty acids, especially omega-3 fatty acids. And also, you know, there's there's an intake of of protein but limited intake of quality lean protein um in a in a in a common western diet Mm.
0: so what you're describing here karen is what we would describe as a pro-inflammatory diet and um you know we've discussed that earlier that that pro-inflammatory diet is the Primary driver of negative mind mood symptoms. So, you know, a a sort of common, um, simple concept and dietary approach to follow would be an anti-inflammatory food plan. And an example of that would be the Mediterranean diet, Um, and and that would be the traditional Mediterranean diet. And I say traditional because. The Western style of eating is infiltrated into um, many Mediterranean countries nowadays. But the traditional Mediterranean diet is the one that's uh, high in whole and natural foods. And that includes um, fish, both oily and white fish, olive oil, fruit and vegetables, legumes, so pulses and beans, um, being well hydrated, drinking lots of water, and perhaps having a little red wine. So that, that would constitute the traditional Mediterranean diet.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. And actually, a study that I read, which was um, assessing the effect of diet on mental health, revealed that um, after accounting for lifestyle choices, the participants in this um, study um, with traditionally whole food diet so including the fish the fruits and vegetables so similar to the Mediterranean diet reported lowest levels of depression after five years whilst those that were consuming a more westernised high fat diet reported the greatest depression levels. so that really kind of feeds into what we're saying about the the common western diet versus the traditional Mediterranean diet and it does seem to um, that the, the med diet does seem to have a, a positive effect. Now, one of the the reasons for the Mediterranean and whole food diet being supported supportive of mental health and mood. It's really the variety of ingredients that that are consumed um, um, in in this type of diet. So, for example, you've got the omega three fatty acids that I was saying was lacking in the Western diet, and and um, omega three fatty acids are naturally anti inflammatory. Also, the me- Mediterranean diet is high in on the 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 sort of the whole food diet as well as high in phytonutrients. So, um, these antioxidant. Um, uh, Containing antioxidants, therefore preventing and and diminishing if if someone already has got inflammation, sort of um, helping to diminish the inflammation or prevent it occurring in the first place. Also high in the likes of the vitamin B complex, um, and which is really important for the energy production. Um, so again, providing energy for brain function, therefore supporting those the, the mood and emotions. Also, um, I mentioned about the prebiotics and probiotics that the Western diet is lacking, whereas the Mediterranean and whole food diet is, is high in these types of foods which are going to su- support the the immune system so again anti-inflammatory and and prebiotics um, including fiber as well are going to, to to provide um the food source to feed the gut bacteria therefore creating abundance of of um gut gut bacteria or or our microbiome so so lots of reasons again um, to support our Whole food and Mediterranean diet um, in, in encouraging positive uh, mind, mood, emotions, cognition.
0: Yeah, it sounds uh, it sounds definitely the way to go, doesn't it? Mm. Um, if anybody's thinking about changing their food plan, uh, that would be a really good direction mm. to move in. And you mentioned that Karen energy production and the importance of energy for brain function um, and the other nutrients that are really important in energy production include vitamin C, iron, magnesium and zinc. Um, so that they would be uh, micronutrients that, uh, we should all be looking to include in a, a healthy food plan
1: yeah absolutely and and yes that they're, they're all really fundamental and have fundamental roles in contributing to the high demand of energy for the brain um but also these micronutrients are important to establish and maintain brain structures and also to enable um intercellular connections so for example the neurotransmitters so those brain hormone um production the structure of neurons and um, um, neurotransmission so that that brain signaling so although you know the micronutrients you, you've just mentioned alien are important for energy they're also important for for the brain and brain function so really I think what we are saying and here is that the common Western diet is known to be pro-inflammatory, therefore promoting potentially negative mind-mood symptoms, whilst the traditional, and like Aileen, I'm emphasising the traditional Mediterranean diet, is uh, more anti-inflammatory and energy-promoting, therefore supporting the more positive mood and mindset. So Aileen, Uh, Before we move on and sort of put together a one-day meal plan for everyone, shall we just pause for a a quick advert break?
0: Yeah, that's fine. Um, So... What we've been discussing uh, today is how what you can eat will contribute to either positive or negative mood and mindset. And, and that's going to affect our running performance as well as that, the way we generally live. Um, and unfortunately, many runners do fall into poor eating habits Um, often because they just don't know what to eat and uh, that's the the number one statement that we hear from clients and and from people uh, following us on Facebook and and other social media channels they don't know what to eat to help their running Uh, and our our emphasis is always um, you know get a foundational nutrition plan into place first And then we'll fine tune it um, for running and that's one of the reasons that we designed our easy nutrition for healthy runners program and um, we always say that we can't emphasize the easy part of easy nutrition enough um, because the program is easy to listen to there are some easy action steps which help you build up into a good food plan and healthy habits and also uh, we've got easy recipes food lists and planners so you don't have to think too hard and you can easily get on with the action steps and the other really important thing about this program is it focuses on eating for blood sugar balance which is key to promoting good mental health and we've had many clients who have followed the plan and you know they talk about having a clearer mind and being more focused and, um, that really sort of clears up all of the sort of feelings of anxiety and, um, a foggy mind. So I think it is a really important aspect that we've not concentrated on in this episode, but it's just important, I think, to say it. Um, we also, um, want to just remind you that it's a video program and it's, but you also get a bonus um, as part of the program, uh, which is a food diary review call um, and an invitation to um, a program support group and coaching circle. So you can watch the videos and take the action points on yourself, but you will get additional support um, and that bonus one-to-one call is really, really helpful. Um, one of our clients, uh, after her bonus call, she said it just helped put everything into uh, into place for her and it gave her the motivation to to keep going. Um, and we really love uh, that one-to-one interaction and getting to know the people that are on the program and also um having them ask questions in the weekly coaching circle, which isn't compulsory, but it's a a really nice add on if you're in the program and you suddenly think, well, actually I could do with a question answering um, or I'd like to learn from other people in the group. It's a, it's a really nice place to join whenever you're free. So if you've been uh, listening today and thinking that you'd like to know more about how to apply everyday nutrition alongside sports specific nutrition, this program is a great place to give you the information and easy action steps too. Um, you can find all the details on our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. And look at the top menu bar at Work With Us, scroll down the page and you'll find Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. Um, and as a special thank you to you as, as a valued listener, we do always have a special office for, offer for you. Um, and if you use coupon code POD, so that's P-O-D, uh, you'll get a 33% discount off the full price which brings the price down to £199. And we do have multi-payment options too. So if you're thinking that you, you would like to spread the payment, uh, that's um, available for you there too. So we hope you join us and uh, I'll hand back to you, Karen.
1: Great, thanks very much, Aileen. Okay, so now let's take all the information that we've discussed today so far around foods and nutrients known to support the mind and mood symptoms, and just the mind and the mood and cognition generally, and turn it into a one day meal plan to help support. Making healthy food choices to encourage encourage positive mood and cognitive function, really to enhance your running performance. So, just some actions that you could take um, to support your your mental health and uh, your enjoyment of your running. So. We're going to start with breakfast. Um, so my choice here would be a mixed vegetable omelette. Um, the reason I would choose that is because um, eggs are a complete protein. So they'll contain um, tryptophan. Now, tryptophan is the amino acid, an, an essential amino acid, so we have to get it from our food, required for producing serotonin in the body. So that's one reason why eggs are really good. um And uh, eggs are also deemed a complete food, except for vitamin C. They don't um, produce vitamins. They don't contain vitamin C. Um, So really, uh, uh, eggs are going to contain the micronutrients, um, most of the micronutrients required for energy production as well. And then the vegetables that you um, put into the the omelette, um, will contain phytonutrients, um, and these phytonutrients are going to have um, antioxidant properties. So that's going to really help limit inflammation. And they'll also contain some of the vitamins and minerals that are required for energy production. So all in all, that breakfast is going to um, is going to support um, mind and mood and
0: cognition.
1: So, what what would you suggest for lunch, and why would you be choosing those? particular foods?
0: Well, I thought I'd go with um, a sort of plant-based salad. And this was an idea from you, Karen, actually from our salad uh, challenge, because I remember the really nice uh, photograph that you put in our little album. And it's uh, a lentil and butter bean salad with added gherkins and capers. So the gherkins and capers I really love because they've got a lovely tangy uh, vinegary taste which I love. Um, but they um are, are probiotic foods. So they, they would really support the diversity of the gut bacteria and supporting an immune system too. So having some uh, pro and prebiotic foods um, every day would be really helpful for for gut health. Um, and also the the legumes, uh, the lentils and the beans and the vegetables provide fiber, um, and they're they're a prebiotic source. They help feed the gut bacteria, so that means that your gut bacteria is going to proliferate and grow and uh, stay healthy because you're feeding them the right things. Um, And they also contain uh, B vitamins for energy production and brain function. And the legumes, so the, the beans and the lentils, also include protein uh, so that would support the serotonin and dopamine production um and uh, that's from the tyrosine and phenylalanine that's required for the dopamine synthesis um and then all the lovely vegetables in the salad uh, as you were saying earlier karen they they provide the phytonutrients and the micronutrients and that will help to manage uh, inflammation so if you if you in a, an inflammatory state it will help um counteract that um and it also the the phytonutrients and the micronutrients will give you everything you need for for energy production um, so that's a sort of a, a good all-round meal it's going to support you in many different ways um, and what would you suggest for dinner karen
1: uh, so dinner, um I'm thinking here maybe um baked salmon fillet with brown rice and roast vegetables. So again, it's got it's it's a balanced plate, it's got um, um colour, it's got variety, but the salmon itself is going to provide um the omega-3 fatty acid, so that essential fatty acid omega-3, which as we know is anti-inflammatory. The brown rice um would be good for fibre um, and, and the fiber being a, a good prebiotic to, to feed the gut bacteria like you were speaking about, Aileen. But also in brown rice, you get um, many B vitamins and that's going to support um, energy production and brain function. And also in brown rice, you will get some um, protein. Um, so again, it's going to provide the amino acids for the production of dopamine and serotonin. And then again, the vegetables will provide more fibre. They're also also provide um, the phytonutrients as antioxidants and also micronutrients. So again, really supporting energy production as well as having these anti-inflammatory properties as well. So as you can see, each meal is supporting the immune system and brain function um, in, 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 in different ways. So um, you, you're supporting those systems throughout the day. So Ellie, those that's breakfast, lunch and dinner. Do you think you could maybe give us one snack you would maybe recommend and, and why?
0: Yeah. And just before I do that, I was just thinking as you were speaking there, the nice thing about this menu, Karen, is there's vegetables at every meal. And mm-hmm. often people talk about not being able to get enough vegetables in. And breakfast is an opportunity to have some vegetables, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even a bit of salad. I know it's sort of thinking outside the box, but I think it's sometimes good to try different things. Yeah. Yeah, so getting back to snacks, um, I was going to suggest hummus with maybe some vegetable sticks. So, uh, the chickpeas um, in the hummus uh, will give us protein and B vitamin complex and fibers. So, um, all, all of those um, are going to help provide us with the, the ability to produce neurotransmitters for energy production and to support the microbiome and then the vegetable sticks you know you could have anything for carrots um peppers cucumber radishes um let's try to think if there's anything else i would how I would cauliflower have
1: in broccoli yeah
0: yeah all sorts of things yeah um sugar snap peas anything mm-hmm. really Oh, yes, asparagus, your favorite. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you know, you could have a rainbow of vegetable sticks and they're going to provide fiber, phytonutrients, the micronutrients, all those vitamins and minerals. Um, and all of that is going to support the microbiome, uh, give you anti inflammatory, antioxidants. And uh, it's also going to support your immune system having that rainbow of vegetables. So, um, that's, that's my mm. snack choice excellent Great. okay so that's our one day meal plan and um obviously you know that's just one suggestion um and if you if you're struggling for other suggestions do let us know and if you're part of the easy nutrition for healthy runners program we do have lots of um menu ideas and recipes there and also if you get onto our mailing list uh, we send a, a recipe out every week so you can build up your repertoire. Um, So we hope we hope you enjoyed that one day meal plan and, um, you know, choosing some of the foods there will support your mind and mood um, emotions as well as energy production to support brain function. And all of these things are very important for our running performance. So that brings us to an end, Karen. But just before we go, would you give us uh, your key takeaways for today? Yeah, sure, really. So, um,
1: as we said way back
0: at the beginning,
1: moderate running is known to be a therapeutic tool for different negative psychological conditions such as depression, um, anxiety, tension, mood changes, and low self esteem. However, intense and/or prolonged running may lead to detrimental mind and mood symptoms in some people, not in all people. Now, our diet um, can also affect our emotions and cognitive function in a positive or detrimental way with the common Western diet known to lead to low mood and cognition and the Mediterranean diet the traditional Mediterranean diet, encouraging positive emotions and mindset. Now, a compromised immune system and a poor gut microbiome are thought to be the key drivers of low mood and cognition, and this is due to their influence um, on inflammation. And um, as well as affecting us physically, inf- inflammation is known to affect us psychologically, emotionally, and can affect energy, sleep and motivation, amongst other things. That, that's just a, a few that I'm mentioning there. But by increasing our intake of whole foods and following our traditional Mediterranean diet, it has been found to diminish many emotional, psychological symptoms, such as low mood depression and anxieties. So um, those really would be my my key takeaways,
0: Aileen. Thanks, Karen. Uh, that's been a really interesting conversation. And um, I'd just like to stress that, you know, mental health is a huge topic and we've just looked at one small aspect of it today, but we hope that we've opened your mind to, um, you know, what may be going on for you. And uh, maybe it's a topic that we'll explore in more depth um, if if you're all interested in us doing that so do give us some feedback uh, we hope that you're all inspired to try some of the food and meals that we've mentioned and remember it's really important to take care of yourself emotionally as well as physically uh, to ensure peak running performance and remember everybody don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now.